You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. Contextually, to trust, number one, means to be confident, assured about something or somebody. To be certain about something of somebody. You're not assuming, you know. You're not questioning whether it is or not, you know. That's what it is to trust. The root meaning of trust is to be fixed, unmovable. You're in a place or position where it's going to be difficult for somebody or something to move you. You're fixed. They're talking a whole lot of stuff. Back in the day, we used to call it trash. But you're not allowing the trash that they're talking to move you. They are looking at your situation and and based upon what they see, they are saying it's not going to turn out well for you. But they don't understand who you trust. They don't understand who you are relying on and that the one you are relying on has already told you not to walk by sight. Not to get all tied up in your emotions. Just to remain in the place or position where he put you. Because surely he going to do exactly what he said. And you know I'm talking about God. Because God will do what he said plus. I said God will do what he said plus. You don't have to move just because things are are, are not going the way your eyes want them to go. God's still going to do it. Somebody has that testimony this morning that God's still going to do it. It don't even look like it's going to turn out right. But because God done preached to me, God done told me how it was going to end. I'm shouting about it anyhow. Got victory in my feet and I'm turning around anyhow because I know it's going to work out in my faith. I'm just fixed on the word of God. Worse happened yesterday, but I'm fixed on better is here and better is coming. I wonder if you're fixed this morning. You're fixed in the word of God. You're fixed to the point to where even though things are looking kind of crazy, you're still trusting your God to do what he said. 
and you got scripture to back you up. You pull out scripture like 2 Corinthians 1 and 20 that says all of the promises of God in him are yes and amen. I wonder if that's one of your scriptures. You can preach that scripture, can't you? Preach to somebody all of his promises are yes and amen. Now remind them who you're talking about. Tell them I'm talking about God. The Hebrew writer hit the nail on the head when he said it's impossible for God to lie. And some of us know God won't lie to you because things God said he was going to do for you. He has made those things good. It didn't happen on your timetable, but it happened according to the will of God. Because if God says it, he'll bring it to pass. The final meaning of, of trust from a contextual standpoint is, is when a person has in his or her spirit a hurry. It's when a person quickly runs to God for deliverance, protection, and prosperity. The reason you have a hurry in you or the reason you run swiftly to God is because of your relationship with him. You trust him to the point to where when something happens, you make it your business to quickly go to him. You make it your business to quickly go to him in prayer. You make it your business to quickly go to his word to find out the truth of the matter. Because often when somebody says something, it may sound like it's the whole truth, but you got to verify it by the word of God. You know what the scripture says, let every man be a liar, but let God be true. Yeah, doc, I heard what you said in reference to my condition, but I got to verify it in prayer and I got to verify it according to the word of God because as smart as you are, doc, you are not omniscient. God is the only all-knowing being that I know. God is the only one I know that can dot every I and cross every T. God is the only one I know that can speak those things that are not as though they were and they will come into being. Don't ever make the mistake of knowing your head in agreement to a person without verifying what thus says the word of God. Jesus himself said in Matthew 24 and 35, heaven and earth shall pass but not the word. This right here is not going to fail. So when you trust, you have a hurry in your spirit or in your being to go to God for your deliverance, your prosperity, as well as protection. Now, biblically, when it comes to trust, we have to consider scriptures like Proverbs 3 and 5. Go there with me. Proverbs 3 and 5. I know you can quote it. I know you're a quoter. I know you're a Bible reader. 
But I'm going to read this this morning. Proverbs 3 and 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Notice he said, your own understanding. Because often we become fixed with what we think is right. Because it's based upon what we consider good understanding. Oh yeah, you you intelligent. So when 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 you read something four or five times, you feel as if well, this is this is it. This is the way it is. But here, Solomon says, when it comes to your understanding versus God, don't lean to your own understanding. Just trust God. Even though you read it four or five times. Even though you done looked at it right, left, north, south, east, west, don't lean to your own understanding. Even though you, you go so far as to dissect a particular thing, do not lean to your own understanding. When you start leaning to your own understanding and not trusting what God told you, it says that you're not trusting him. Why is it wrong for you to lean to your own understanding? Let me show you why, human being. Go with me to Isaiah 55. I'm going to show you why it's wrong for a human being to lean to human understanding. Isaiah 55. Go there with me. You ready? Four prophets get to singing. We got to go there. (laughs) Isaiah 55 and 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways. Says who? For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your, and my thoughts than your. Bottom line, God's ways and thoughts are better, are superior to ours. So that's the reason you can't lean to your human understanding. Because God's thinking is superior. Omniscient. Knowing everything. We know our five or six subjects real well. But we don't know everything. God knows all there is to know about everything. Knows what's going to happen. Yields. Ahead of time? Oh yeah, we need to listen to him. But then, God will tell you something that does not sound legit. In reference to the way you think. God will tell you something that something is going to work out even though on paper it it, it says point blank it ain't going to work out. 
And, and, and some of us should have shouted then because on paper, you shouldn't be living in what you live in right now. You shouldn't have what you have right now. Matter of fact, if the truth be told, the job you have, you shouldn't have based upon what you put on your application. Oh, I'm not saying you lied on your application. You told the truth, but it was a whole lot of more folk that should have got the job. But God told you even before you fill out the application that he was going to give you the job. So you can never tell folk the reason you got the job is because of your degree or because of your skill or your experience. You got the job because God ordained for you to have it even before you fill out the application. That's the reason you can't look at it the way the way you think it needs to be looked at. You have to just trust God and just follow his ways. Go down his path and watch God show up and show out. Man, I, I mean, that, there have been times to where I, I was ready to just throw in the towel. God just tell me, say, look, you just hold on. I told you I was going to bless you and I, I know you've been out here all day long and, and, and you ain't seen nothing yet, but you just hold on. And then he turned things completely around. Man, man, I, I have been to the point to where I have seen God reverse death in minutes. In minutes. I, I, have, I have been to the point to where I, I have heard the doctor tell families, look, it's going to be over in such and such a time. But then go and step right in and reverse things in minutes. Now, now, the, now the amazing thing is that the doctor wouldn't come back and repent and say, I missed. Y'all prayer work. He didn't say that, but it didn't matter. God did it. I'm telling you, it ain't over until God says it's over. I'm telling you point blank, God has the final say. That's the reason the Bible refers to God as the author and the finisher. The alpha and the omega, the beginning and the ending. It ain't over until God says it's over. But you have to trust Him. Look at, look at Psalm 13 and 5 again. Look at it again. Psalm is decree, I have trusted in your mercy. I don't trust it in your mercy. I have trusted in your mercy. Would you listen to this real, real carefully? The root meaning of mercy is reward. I have trusted in your mercy 
our reward. God releases his mercy or reward upon people that operate in faith and are diligent in seeking him. Let me go to the scripture. Hebrews 11 and 6. Y'all say with me. Root meaning of mercy is reward. Knowing that, let's consider Hebrews 11 and 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. He who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a help me of those who diligently. If you're going to get God's reward, you have to operate in faith. Faith is synonymous with trust. I have to have faith. And in order to have faith to the point to where you're going to look to God to reward you, you have to hear his word on a continual basis. Romans 10 and 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. If I'm going to get the word, if I'm going to get the reward, I have to have faith and I have to hear faith or the message of faith. And I can't hear it from a slew foot, a jack leg preacher. Don't get mad at me for saying that. Consider Romans 10 and 14 and following and you'll see why I said that. Go with me to Romans 10. Because some of you look when I said that. Because some folk think they can get faith from any preacher. But that's just not the case, biblically speaking. Romans 10 and 14. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a? And how shall they preach unless they are? Has to be a sent preacher. Sent says that the preacher is not jack leg. A sent preacher is an anointed preacher. A preacher that God has put his stamp upon. Stamp of approval upon. I have to have faith to get reward or mercy from God. I have to have it. I have to have faith to get reward or mercy from God. That's the reason the psalmist said again, I have trusted. What? Your mercy. I'm trusting for your mercy. How many are understanding that? Now, now the, let, let me show you how powerful God's mercy is. Psalm 106. Psalm 106, go there. And let's consider the power of God's mercy. 
Verse 1, Psalm 106 and 1. Psalm has gotten happy about this because he continued to say it in other psalms. But notice Psalm 106 and 1. Praise the Lord, O give thanks to the Lord, for he is, help me, his mercy endures how long? God's mercy endures how long? God's mercy or his reward endures forever. That means God will keep rewarding or helping you. Because if he rewards you, he helping you. We can even get spiritual. If he rewarding you, he blessing you. And one thing I love about the help of the blessing of the Lord is found in Proverbs 10 and 22. It says this, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow with it. When God starts blessing you, it's going to be evident in every aspect of your life. You can't be blessed by God and not talk better. You can't be blessed by God and not think better. You can't be blessed by God and not do better. Can I break it down according to the text? God, if God is giving you mercy, I'm going to know it because you're going to be thinking better. You're going to be talking better and you're going to be doing better. That's good preaching. Who going to help me preach that message? Tell your neighbor if God is, if God's mercy is upon you, you're going to be thinking about them. You're going to be talking about them. And you're going to be doing about Woo! Look at somebody else and tell them if the mercy of God is upon your life, the way God has ordained it to be upon your life, you're going to be thinking about them. You're going to be and you're going to be say it one more time. You're going to be His mercy endures forever. Even when bad shows up, God's mercy gonna show up. Why? It endures forever. Even when it seems like you can't come out, don't worry about it. God gonna send supernatural mercy and His mercy gonna show up and show out. Because His mercy endures how long? I just got a bad report. Don't worry. God's mercy endures for. That means God going to help you forever. That means God going to reward you forever. That means God is going to show up at your door when you have trouble and give you some mercy because his mercy endures. Help me. And it ain't nothing wrong with asking God for mercy. I said it ain't nothing wrong with asking God for mercy. You can ask him several times for mercy. Woo, I got to go to the Bible. Lord have mercy. Go with me to the book of Luke. Go with me to the book of Luke. The 18th chapter is where I want to go, I think. I think I want to go to Luke 18. Verse 35, ready? Then it happened as he was coming near Jericho, or Jesus was coming near Jericho, that a, that a certain blind man sat by the road begging. And hearing a multitude passing, he asked what it meant. So they told him that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. He cried out saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then those who went before warned him that he should be, help me. But he cried out all the 
what did he cry out? Son of David, have So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he had come near, he asked him, saying, what do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, now notice this, receive your, your has made you what? Now notice in the verse, he, he received the mercy of God. He received the mercy of God in that God gave him his what? Sight. But then Jesus turned around and told him it was because of his what? Faith. He trusted God to do what he asked him to do. And did God do it? What I love about our God is that he is not a respecter of person. He does not change. If he did it for one person, he'll do it for another person. He changes not. Malachi 3 and says... Malachi 3 and 6 says that God changes not. Hebrews 13 and 8 says Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. If the Lord had mercy on Bartimaeus, will he have it on you? And you know why he'll have it on you? Because Bartimaeus is dead now. But because God's mercy endures how long? He's still having mercy. He's still having mercy. He's still having. And it ain't nothing wrong with you asking him for mercy. Instead of crying and having a pity party, why not ask God for some mercy? Instead of getting upset about what has been said, why not ask God for mercy? If God's mercy, according to Luke 18, 35 through 42, is powerful enough, To give a man his sight. Is his mercy powerful enough to change your life for the better? Is his mercy powerful enough to dry up that cancer? Is his mercy powerful enough to turn your life completely around for the better? Some of y'all too quiet for me. I'm asking you a legitimate question based upon the scripture. Is God's mercy powerful enough to change your life for the better? If it is, tell somebody his mercy is going to change my life for the better. It's going to change my life for the better. Run to somebody and tell them God's mercy is going to change my life for the better. For the what? For the what? For the what? Because if he did it for Bartimaeus, he'll do it for me. Why? Because his mercy endures for. But say to your neighbor, you got you have the trust in his mercy. God can do for you what the doctor said it's going to take a scalpel to do. But you have to believe that. God can make right what ain't right in your body. 
you have to trust his mercy. Well, I prayed and it didn't happen. Don't worry, because mercy going to always be there. God may be allowing you to go through it for a certain period of time, but don't never give up on God's mercy. Don't never say God's mercy is not working because God's mercy does work and it has to work. Why? Because his mercy endures for. And look at the conclusion in Psalm 13 and 5. As I get ready to close, notice this. He says, my heart shall rejoice in your salvation. Now, now notice again, because I want to tie, the, tie this, the first clause and the second clause together. Notice, notice again, but I have trusted in your mercy. Then he says again, my heart shall rejoice in your salvation. See, he made the choice to trust God for his mercy. Because the heart represents, in one sense, your choice. He didn't have to choose to trust God, mercy, but he made the choice. As a free moral agent, you have a choice in reference to who you believe. That's the reason Isaiah asked a very important question, so important that, that years after Isaiah asked, Paul turned around and reminded the Roman church of what Isaiah said. Isaiah just simply asked, whose report you're going to believe? Letting the people of God know you got a choice. Whose report you're going to believe? God told you he's going to show up and show up. He told you he was going to heal you. He told you he was going to do this, that, and the other. He told you better was in, better is coming. Whose report are you going to believe? I'm not going to get mad at you if you don't believe better is in, better is coming. I'm not going to get upset with you if you don't believe what I'm preaching. Even though I strive to make it according to the word. But you have to make a choice, child of God. And if you don't make the choice, you try to straddle. It says that you are double-minded. And understand this. James said in James 1, a double-minded person will not receive anything from the Lord. You have to believe that God going to bring you out even, even when it doesn't look like you're coming out. You have to believe that God going to open up the windows, pour you out a blessing. You ain't got room enough to receive even though you ain't got a dime in your pocket. You have to believe that even when the check you're looking for is not, is not coming, that God is still going to show up and give you exactly what you need. You better high five somebody and tell them, can't nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody do you like Jesus. Because the psalmist had, had trusted in the Lord's mercy. He said, my heart shall rejoice. I'm going to get happy because I chose your mercy. I ain't made no mistake by believing that you're going to heal me, Lord. I, I, I'm going to shout about my choice. 
I'm going to turn in victory about my choice. I'm going to leap for joy about my choice. Anytime you choose God's word over your situation, you're making a wonderful choice. Anytime you choose God's word over what somebody else has said, you're making the right choice. You don't have to wonder whether or not you made the right choice. Let every man be a liar, but let God be true. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. Tell your neighbor, mercy leads to salvation. You start trusting God for his mercy. You need to be on the lookout for salvation. Once you position yourself to trust God to turn it around, you need to be on the lookout for God to turn that thing completely around. Some of y'all ain't understanding. Once you trust God for his mercy, you need to start confessing. What's going to take place? Woo! You need to start letting folk know God get ready to show out for me. Say it when you ain't got a dime in your pocket. And watch God move on your behalf. I got to show you a couple scriptures. Let's go to the book of Romans. When you trust God for his mercy, get happy. And start doing what's necessary for salvation to manifest. Let me show you something. Let me show you, let me show you a verse that people often use just when a sinner is being converted to Christ. But the verse is more powerful than that. Go with me to Romans, the 10th chapter. And, and I hope you see what I'm talking about. Well, I believe you will see it. Romans, the 10th chapter, we'll start at verse 8. But what does it say? The word is near you. The what? And we need the word as people of faith. People that are looking for what? Mercy. The word is near you in your and in your heart. Notice that is the word of faith, which we what? Preach. And he goes on to say that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be what? Amen. Now, understand this. He was talking to the church. Now, we use it to talk to sinners, but right here, Paul was talking to the church. Yeah. He was telling the church. Because notice he said, the word of faith which we preach is in your mouth and in your heart. What is in, in our mouth and in our heart? The word of faith which we preach. Why was it in there? Because the preacher had been putting it in their heart. And in their mouth. But then notice he goes on to say that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord 
Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be what? You have to believe and confess. And then salvation going to manifest. Believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth. You will be saved. This is not just for a sinner. This is for God's folk. What did Jesus say about believe? He told the folk, if you can believe. Get this. Hold, y'all hold it on. All things are Jesus. All things. Yeah, Barry. All things are. You can turn this completely around. Yes, if you can believe all things are possible. But then Solomon, even before Jesus came to earth as a man, said... In, in Proverbs 18 and 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. What you confess or say out of your mouth is powerful. I'm going to be healed. I'm already healed with his. Do you know that's powerful? When you believe it? God going to bless me before midnight. Do you know that's powerful? If you believe it, well, you can't just say when it's going to happen. Yes, you can. When God put it in you like that, yes, you can. That woman came to a service and she was bleeding, losing blood, but she had so much faith built up in her. She was at the back of the crowd looking at folk touching Jesus. Looking at folk all over Jesus. But she said, looking at folk all over Jesus, if I touch him, I'm going to be made well. And then started on her journey. Still bleeding. Still going through stuff in her Body, but though she was going through it in her body, she was still believing and confessing that her healing was going to take place. Are you still confessing and believing that God is going to do what he said he was going to do for you? Say to your neighbor, I'm still believing God going to do it. Matter of fact, it's already you bold enough to say it? Tell somebody it's already done. Because I trust God's word for my salvation. Woo! All right, sit down. My last scripture. Let's go to the book of Exodus. That's preaching material, ain't it? But let's go to Exodus. Chapter 14. Now notice this right here. Exodus 14 and 13. See, you rejoice when it comes to salvation. You believe and confess it. But then you have to also start looking for it. Looking for it. God said he's going to bless me before the week out. You got to start looking for it. 
See, worse will come to try to get you to get your attention on worse. But no, well, worse, I know you him, but I'm still looking for salvation. Yeah, I got that report. I know that, but I'm still looking. Yeah, I know it's rain and snowing and all that, but God's still going to do it. Why? I'm Look at Exodus 14 and 13. This is so powerful. Notice what Moses told the people. And Moses said to the people, do not be, help me, stand still and see the salvation of who? Which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians, say to your neighbor, the Egyptians represent enemies, problems, or anything that is opposed to you. Notice again. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians are your problems whom you see today. You shall see again no more forever. Say to your neighbor, God, get ready to send salvation your way. And some things you've been battling. You ain't going to battle no more. You ain't going to battle no more. Some of you acting like I'm speaking something that ain't Bible. Somebody may say, well, that was for them. God changes. His mercy endures for. And I trust God's. And I'm done. Let's give the Lord a big hand of praise. Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. Please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Until next time, remember, Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly.